Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. We're glad that you've joined us today. If you're a brand new listener, we welcome you. We believe that we are living in the last of the last days, and we have scriptural instructions and admonitions of how we should be living. And I believe that God wants to send a last day sweeping revival that will bring many souls into the kingdom of God just before Jesus comes. Amen. And the tribulation begins. Listen, I want to be part of that process of of preparing ourselves for this mighty move of God. And I believe effective Praying is going to be the key to this great revival and the key to our personal victory and and, and our testimony in these days. So we're talking about a subject that the devil wishes that we wouldn't talk about, and that's why we're going to double down on it. Hallelujah. Amen. We're talking about seven uh, hindrances to answered prayer. Because if God's people, if my people, this is what he says in the Old Covenant, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, seek my face, I will hear from heaven, I will hear from heaven, I will heal their land. Oh, friend, how we need God moving in answer to prayer in our nation, in our world, in our families, and in our churches, and in our personal lives and for our loved ones that that are unsaved or in trouble or sick and afflicted and and bound oh when prayers begin to be answered hallelujah we're going to see god's hand at work god's miracles god's wonderful interventions <laughs> hallelujah praise god friend of mine i just want to say to you that that that's why we're not talking about these hindrances to point the finger, to condemn, but maybe to convict, yes, so that we, as God's people, can be part and parcel of this great revival that God wants to send just before the coming of Jesus Christ. You know what Charles Finney, the great revivalist of old, said? He said, a revival may be expected when Christians have a spirit of prayer, for a revival, that is when they pray as if their hearts were set upon it. When Christians have the spirit of prayer for a revival, when they go about groaning out their heart's desire, when they have real travail of soul, Charles Finney, amen. And Leonard Ravenhill in Why Revival Terry said revival delays because prayer decays. I like what Henry Blackaby said. He said, all revival begins and continues in the prayer meeting. Some have also called prayer the great fruit of revival. In times of revival, thousands may be found on their knees for hours, lifting up their heart 
heartfelt cries with thanksgiving to heaven. Amen. Someone else said the purpose of revival is to fire the church with divine energy for her divine assignment. Revival will tear us away from our temporal pursuits to give ourselves to what really matters. Revival will not occur without prayer. Prevailing prayer is always antecedent to revival. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine, I'm excited about prevailing prayer. For the Scripture's very clear in the book of James, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, woman, boy, or girl is included, uh, availeth much. (laughs) Hallelujah. Is mighty in its working. So we've been talking about these seven hindrances. We want to remove these barriers to blessing for our sake and for the sake of those for whom we are praying. Amen. We talked about sin. We talked about idols in the heart. We talked about selfishness. And today we're going to hit even closer to home. We're going to talk about something that is intrinsic to all of our flesh nature. This is why the flesh must be denied. It must be crucified in order to follow Jesus Christ. Listen, and it's stubbornness, stubbornness. You know, the Bible said, and this is born out of pride, the pride of life, one of those great sins that that opens the door for so many other sins. Stubbornness is a serious, serious offense to God. And before Israel went into captivity, when Jeremiah was the prophet to them, before they went into Babylonian captivity, God gave them a last chance. He warned them to turn from their stubbornness, to turn from their, their, their obstinance and to listen to him. Remember what Jesus said about stubbornness? He said, O Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, thou that stoned the prophets and killed them that are sent to thee, how many times would I have taken you under my wing? That's to protect us, dear friend, to keep us from, from the terrible hurt and harm that was about to befall the holy city because of stubbornness born out of pride and a resistance to the clear uh, gospel and the clear teachings and the clear commands of God to repent. Oh, friend, how did repentance get such a bad spin on it when it brings restoration? It brings rest. It brings protection and provision from God. But before they went into captivity, there is this admonition in Jeremiah seven sixteen through 26. Listen to it carefully as we talk about getting rid of the barrier of stubbornness so that we can be obedient and bow before the Lord in prayer and have prayer answered. Glory be to God. Listen to what he says. Jeremiah is wanting to intercede for the people, but because of their stubbornness, God was not 
going to listen. Now, this is how serious this attitude is. And we were, this is several verses, but stay with me today because I want to get rid of that part of, of my life, that, that stubbornness that sees the clear will of God through the revealed word of God and refuses for some reason, refuses to let go of my own pride and bow and quit being so obstinate and so stubborn. Listen to what this says. This is serious business, but thank God this barrier can and must be, and I pray it will be removed, because how we need this mighty move of God and these mighty answers to prayer in the day that we are living more than ever. Jeremiah seven sixteen through 26. Remember, he has preached. They have not listened. God has spoke through his prophet. He said, I rose up early and sent my prophets unto you. Listen. He said in verse 16, this is the word of the Lord. Therefore, do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me. For I will not hear you. That's how serious this issue is. Someone praying. And there's a whole lot of people depending on someone else's prayers for them. But I'm going to tell you, if you can't pray, listen to me carefully. Your mama may be a prayer warrior. But when you walk in stubbornness and pride and disobedience to God and rebellion... Even the prayer of someone who has great faith in God and a great record of answered prayer, God says, I simply will not listen. Verse 17 says, Do you not see what they do in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood. The fathers kindle the fire. The women knead the dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. And they pour out drink offerings to other gods, that they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger, says the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to the shame of their own faces? Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, my anger and my fury will be poured out on this place, on men and on beasts, and on the trees of the field and the fruit of the ground. And it will burn and be not quenched. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat meat. For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in the ways that I have commanded you, that it might be well with you. Yet they did not obey, or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts, and went backward and not forward. Since the days that your fathers come out of Egypt until this day, I have even sent to you all my servants the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet 
They did not obey me nor incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. This is a serious issue with God. The Bible said in Proverbs 28 and verse 9 that stubbornness, speaking of stubbornness, he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer, even his prayer shall be an abomination. We can't walk in rebellion and expect prayers for us or from us to be answered. And that's why we have to address this. And by the way, if you got, if you find yourself being, <laughs> being stubborn, you, you join the rest of us. In my flesh, Paul said, there is no good thing. But that's why he said we need to crucify the flesh and take up our cross and follow Jesus, deny ourself, humble ourself under the mighty hand of God. Amen. Because when we do, stubbornness is going to be be reined in so that obedience can be lived out. And God is going to bless us. Praise God. Listen to what 1 Samuel 15 and verse 23 has to say. It says, For rebellion is as the sin of of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Now, there's no true Christian that would ever uh, intentionally get involved in the occult, particularly in witchcraft and, and the dark arts, and certainly not bowing to a false god or to an idol. But listen, there's something that we overlook sometimes, that rebellion itself in our heart, if we do not deal with it, it's as the sin of witchcraft, because really, it's that same old spirit. Satan was a rebel. Satan was a rebel, and pride made a great archangel, a light bearer. Lucifer initially was not a bad name or term until it is applied in the way that it is applied to the devil now. As Lucifer means the enemy of our soul, the devil, the diabolical, evil, wicked one. But in, in before he rebelled, Lucifer was a positive name, a powerful name of an archangel that walked in the coals of the altar before the very presence of God. And Lucifer literally meant light bearer. Oh, friend of mine, today the enemy is working like never before to appeal to something intrinsic ever since the fall uh, to every person who is born. We're born with this stubbornness and this pride of life within us. Oh, but when we come to Calvary and we are cleansed of the sins that this attitude has allowed and brought into our life, we begin to humble ourselves before the Lord. And that stubbornness is reigned in hallelujah and our obedience is lived out glory to god 
Listen to it. That's why it's so serious before God. That's why he's using through the prophet these terms. 1 Samuel 15 verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. Here's how this stubbornness and this pride, here's how it works out in our life. We reject the clear will revealed through the word of God, sent through the ministers of that word, the prophets and the preachers, the evangelists and the teachers. He hath also rejected thee, from being king. That's what he said to Saul when Saul began to move in stubborn rebellion before the Lord. Amen. And that's why that he ended up seeking, uh, seeking the, a, a witch and turned to the occult because God simply didn't listen anymore. Zechariah describes in detail this attitude when he says, but in Zechariah seven ten through 12, I'm just going to read verse, no, I'm going to read verse 11 and 12. Listen. But they refused to heed, shrugged their shoulders, stopped their ears, so that they could not hear Yes, they made their... Now listen, once this attitude of rebellion, this stubborn rebellion is cultivated in a life and we quit listening, it begins to affect our heart. Verse 12 says, Yes, they made their hearts like flint, refusing to hear the law, and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent by His Spirit through the former prophets. Thus, great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. That word wrath means here, as it does throughout the Scripture, justifiable angry. God is justifiably angry when we walk in stubborn rebellion. And the Bible says in the, even in the New Covenant to warn them that are unruly. You see, Satan was a rebel. And he persuaded a third of the angels to follow him in rebellion in heaven. And he was cast out of heaven, cast down to the earth. Listen to me carefully today. This, this enemy of our soul is appealing to something in my flesh and your flesh today. And there is a stubbornness to bow before the Lord, to hear the word and heed the word. You know, the scripture says that their ears in the new covenant have become dull of hearing. Already, before one generation of Christians has passed, the flesh is still producing this attitude of disobedience, this attitude of pride and stubbornness. If the flesh is not kept on the cross once we crucify it, you know, the Apostle Paul said, I don't fight as one that beateth the air, but I bring my body under subjection, lest having 
minister to others, I myself become a castaway. Listen carefully. God is calling us to a brand new attitude of humble obedience to the Word of God. Oh, what would happen today if we begin to commit ourselves to obey everything we know to be true in the Word of God? And in, oh, I'm not saying you won't struggle with it. I'm not saying that you won't have problems and I won't. I'm not saying that we will keep it perfectly. But we should and could, by the help and grace of God, be perfectly committed to being obedient to God. And if God sees that attitude in your heart and in mine, He he will help us with the weakness of our own flesh. Praise God. Amen. I do not want to align myself with that, that rebel angel who, who persuaded a third of the angels to follow him in rebellion. And the angels, the scripture said, clearly it brought God's wrath. The angels, angels held not their first estate, but were cast down and reserved unto everlasting chains of darkness. Friend of mine, this is a serious sin. And this is something that holds back the mighty, move of God that God wants to send if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way I will hear from heaven praise God and I will heal their land I want to back up for just a moment to Jeremiah 7 and verse 23 It says, But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it might be well with you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine, even in the new covenant, it says, come out from among them, from the rebels, from those walking in disobedient, from the children of disobedient. And don't have fellowship with that spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We have to make a clean break with the world and we have to deal mercilessly with our own flesh. We need to crucify the flesh. In effect, to deny ourselves, take up our cross in order to follow Jesus Christ. Praise God. And what did he say? I will be your God and you shall be my people. In the New Covenant it says, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And I will, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Hallelujah. It goes on to say, For what fellowship hath light with darkness, and Christ with Belial? Be not unequally yoked together, the believer and the unbeliever. And then he says, And I will be your 
God, and you shall be my people. Praise God, as it is written, I will walk in them, and I will live in them. <laughs> and then the next chapter begins by carrying on the thought, and it says, says, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us let us depart from iniquity. Let us let us perfect holiness in the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Live that sanctified life, that separated life. It's not self-righteousness, but it is beginning to live out and flesh out the righteousness of God. Not the positional that we receive immediately when we receive Christ, but the personal, practical righteousness when we bow to no other God, including self, and we begin to truly follow Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Today, I have a problem with me. The man that walks between my elbows, the man in the mirror, is the man that gives me the most trouble. You see, let no man say, when he's tempted, the book of James declares in the New Covenant, let no man say, when he is tempted, that he is tempted of God. For God tempteth no man with evil. God doesn't do that. But every man is tempted when he's led away of his own lust and enticed. Sin when, and, 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 and disobedience and rebellion and stubbornness opens the door for the enemy to entice us to sin, whereas humble submission and obedience opens the door for God to lead us in paths of righteousness for His own name's sake. Praise God! Let everyone that let everyone that names His name that that bears the vessels of the Lord depart from iniquity. You see, in the great house, the Scripture declares there are many vessels some to honor and some to dishonor, some of gold and silver, others of hay and stubble and clay. But if we will, if we will purge ourselves from those earthly sensual sins, bow to no other God, trust only in Christ and listen, give heed to Him, with our ears attuned to His Holy Spirit. And hallelujah. Friend of mine, I want you to know God is going to hear from on high. And God is going to answer prayer in a mighty revival that will sweep many souls into the kingdom of God. And today, I want to put to death in me this attitude which is so distasteful to God and is such a hindrance to my prayers because I need people's prayers for me to be answered, people who are interceding for me. Oh, I don't know what I would do if I thought God would not listen and when they cry unto Him in my behalf. And I don't know what I would do, dear brethren, if I believe that God would close His ears to my prayer, I don't want to pull away the shoulder. I don't want my heart to become hard 
as a diamond, as an adamant stone. I want that heart of flesh. You know, that's one of the great works of salvation. He begins to change the attitude of the heart itself. As it is written, saith the Lord, I will take away the heart of stone, that stubbornness, that adamant stone and attitude, and I will replace it with a heart of flesh. This is not our old flesh nature here. This is a soft and tender heart that can be touched. Hallelujah. That melts before Him that He might mold us through His Word and by His Holy Spirit. Well, I've said a lot in a short amount of time. It's a lot to digest. So you may have to listen to this all over again and read the Scriptures. This is no time to feed the flesh and starve our spirit. This is a time to feed our spirit and starve the flesh. To deny ourselves doesn't mean to do without all those things that pertain to life and godliness. Oh, friend, God will bless us with an abundant life. He will, and I'm not talking about things. He knows what we need of in terms of the material world. But if we get this right, God's going to take care of the material part so that we don't have to even worry about that. Concern ourselves so that we can concern ourselves with His great work and be part of it by praying for the mighty move of God that He wants to send us. Oh, friend, our time is gone today. I want to say this right to someone who is listening that doesn't know Jesus today as your own Lord and Savior. Today is the day that God can do a work in you. Years ago in Africa, there was a heart transplant, the first heart transplant in the medical world, in the physical world, uh, was, was occurred. I don't know the date right now, but it occurred in Africa. And now there are heart transplants ta- taking place. But that really wasn't the first heart transplant. There was a spiritual heart transplant. When Jesus died on the cross and made it possible for God to take that heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. You may be as stubborn and you may be proud of your stubbornness today, but I want you to know that your heart can melt like mine did and thousands of others at the foot of the cross when we acknowledge who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would say, not my will, thine for. The answer I may never know why he me so, that to an old, rugged cross he would go. For who am I? Well, I don't know why he did it either, but I know he did it. I know he loves you today. And I know you can't change yourself but you can change your mind and you can come to Christ instead of running from Him. And He will help you with that old heart. (laughs) He will change it. He will melt it and He will mold it. 
come and be saved today and come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.